I am talking, talking, talking to you. And the talk just keeps on coming. TalkZone.com. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the power invested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of healthcare each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, that supermarket cart of the future may warn you if you're purchasing too much junk food. Apparently, it is already being debuted. Uh, clinical trials of it, touchscreen computers on shopping carts in grocery stores around the country that'll tell you if you've got too much junk food in that grocery cart. Well, many of us say to ourselves on a regular basis, I just need to eat healthier. You know, next year, I'm going to do just that. But where do you start? Well, we are joined today by a well-known expert in the field of uh, natural foods. She's now written a book, The Basic Handbook, Healthy Nutrition, Your Easy-to-Follow Guide for a Healthy Diet. And natural foods expert and author Sharon Combs joining us today right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, I have to say, you shake your head at this one. The Infectious Diseases Society of America is holding its 45th annual meeting. And you would think, you know, the basics of things like hand hygiene, washing your hands, would be not only well-known, but widely adopted, great compliance in most aspects of medicine. Well, apparently at Cedar-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, they were having a a trouble getting doctors to comply. That uh, nurses, um, 70% 70 of the time, complied with basic hygiene, uh, hand hygiene um, guidelines, but physicians, physicians complied with hand washing only about 50% of the time. So what did they do? I mean, this sounds like dealing with kids. I'm not even going to go there. You draw your own conclusions. What they did is they actually um, threatened doctors with suspension of their hospital privileges in order to reach compliance with their hand hygiene goals. They wanted to have 90% of people you know, why couldn't everybody wash their hands? But we'll put that to the side for just a moment. They wanted in three months to reach the goal of 90% of their medical staff washing their hands on a regular basis. Nurses already had about a 70% compliance. So, uh, they were able to, again, do so, in fact, surpassing the goal of 90%. When they put their minds to it in this three-month clinical study, doctors, <laughs> doctors, when they were threatened with loss of their hospital privileges, improved their hand hygiene, the washing of the hand compliance, from just under 50% to 86%, which, <laughs> which begs the question, you know, is that what it takes? You know, this is the year 2007 when we have 106,000 people die, die 
Every year in this country, because of hospital-acquired infections, 2.1 million of these nocosomial infections each and every year in this country. And yet, at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, less than 50% of doctors were washing their hands. Well, I've often wondered about this one. Maybe it's just my, I don't know, my Pennsylvania Dutch stubbornness. There's just something about supporting those pink ribbons that went against my grain. Maybe it's the great interviews I had the opportunity to host uh, with the authors of unhealthy charities in this country. Uh, physicians and uh, uh, as well as clinical professors uh, at George Mason University pointing out the fact that the American Heart Association, the American Cancer Society, does little to uh, foster innovation and real research in terms of cures for these conditions when it's more about you know, buying Fords and supporting ad campaigns. So now uh, a well-known natural health author Mike Adams, who has written a number of uh, books, has a special report out entitled Breast Cancer Deception, talking about the fact that um, the Cancer Society and the industry of cancer blatantly ignores that you can control the factors lifestyle, diet, nutrition, that uh, can prevent 77% of all breast cancers. So if you want to read this 17-page special report entitled Breast Cancer Deception, uh, Mike's website is uh, newstarget.com. We'll post the link with all of our news as we do on a regular basis. So if you're driving in the car and hear something during the news segment, it's going to be on our website that same day at healthytalkradio.com. It also lists the top 22 ways to prevent or even cure breast cancer and uh, just a clue here things like cabbage do make a difference well if you want to have a smarter baby healthier baby who doesn't what can you do Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science in North Chicago have some science based steps to help parents have healthier and smarter babies They say getting the right nutrients help, that moms-to-be should be getting about 450 milligrams of choline each day. That uh, certainly helps babies uh, in terms of the nutrients they need to uh, help them actually be smarter. Moms um, who consumed fish oil had children whose IQs were four points higher than moms who didn't get optimal amounts in fish oil and moms who breastfed had babies who scored another five points higher on the IQ score. They also found that women who gain about 20% of their ideal body weight are much more likely to have children with higher IQs because if you stress the body, not only can stress hormones cross the placenta in extreme cases cause premature delivery, That stress can be stressful on the baby in terms of nutrient needs. And don't forget the fact that dental health makes a difference, that we now know gum disease is a very important risk factor of premature birth. So there are many science-based lifestyle steps that you can take to have a brainier baby. 
Well, for all of us who love our pets and our pets uh, love us, and of course there's lots of science that uh, we benefit uh, medically as well as uh, uh, medic um, as well as emotionally from owning our pets. Uh, now here's some information out of the American Veterinary Medical Association that why spaying and neutering may be good in terms of keeping down un- the unwanted population of pets. It does lower an animal's metabolism. So uh, more nutrient-dense food, less food, and more exercise may be necessary because uh, the concern is that when spaying and neutering your animals, you're actually changing their metabolism because of the hormonal effects. And uh, something to be uh, considered and put into uh, to practice, if you so choose to spay and neuter your pet, you're affecting their hormones and affecting their metabolism, which, of course, all of us know can affect total body health. Well, if many of us got out of bed this morning and said, oh, I could just use just a little more sleep, may want to pay attention to some new Israeli researchers that there's something about sleep deprivation that is even more harmful to children than it is to adults, that children are getting an hour less sleep each night than they did three uh, uh, decades ago. And that loss of hour affects children's weight. Yes, those children and adults who sleep less weigh more. It affects children's mood, academic performance, and memory. So perhaps you can do yourself (laughs) a little good by getting an extra hour of sleep tonight. And oh, by the way, um, it's important to have your children get adequate sleep as well. Japanese, Canadian, Australian studies showing that kids who get less than eight hours of sleep a night have a fourfold, fourfold, 400% higher rate of obesity than those who sleep 10 hours a night. It does make a difference. What's from the journal Hypertension? Want to know what, what is your risk of heart failure, your blood pressure, and your weight, according to Boston University researchers, do appear to make a difference. Well, as does your dietary habits. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Well-known natural foods expert and author Sharon Combs is going to be joining us today. You'll learn more about healthy nutrition. And we invite your questions about healthy nutrition at 1-800-307-3002. Sharon Combs joining us today to talk about an easy-to-follow guide for a healthier diet. Your health care questions right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Consolidate your health care information and get everything you need from one source. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Delighted and honored to have a very special guest to join us uh, from her many years in the natural foods industry. Her professional goal, and I suspect it's a part of her personal persona as well, educating and guiding others towards a healthier diet and lifestyle. She joins us today to talk about a newly published book, a book that should be on the bookshelf of everybody who wants to make wiser choices as a better educated healthcare consumer. The book is entitled Healthy Nutrition. It's all about an easy-to-follow guide for a healthier diet. And the author, Sharon Combs, joins us today. Sharon, hello and welcome. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Fine. Nice to have you join us. Great to be here. 
And for people who uh, haven't read Healthy Nutrition yet, uh, Sharon, um, tell us a little bit about your background because, um, you know, this was not only what you did professionally, but I also understand that it arose out of some personal health care challenges that you had as well. Right, right. I'd like for people to understand that. When people look at me now, they kind of, they say, well, you know, you've never been overweight, you've never had to fight obesity, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I like to start out by saying when I was 11 years old, I was four foot nine and I weighed 135 pounds. Um, and that carried into, in my mid-20s, I became ill. I had candida, hypoglycemia, and my cholesterol was over 300. Now, so, when you look back, was it a matter that, I mean, you just didn't, you know, didn't have a clear understanding of, of what it meant to eat healthy or you weren't eating healthy for your body or, or all of the above, Sharon? Well, I was, I was raised on the southern diet of uh, fried foods seven days a week and we, you know, we ate, we ate healthy foods. We ate lots of fruits and vegetables. Uh, it was more, uh, too much food, uh, which is very, you know, very common in our society today. Uh, probably not so much in the 60s and 70s. Because there is much discussion these days, and you talk about it in healthy nutrition, um, you know, just kind of the basics of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, because if we take a look around at what has happened in the American diet in the last five decades, Sharon, tell us more, because there has been some significant changes well, it, it's really sad. Uh, clogged arteries and high cholesterol tend to be uh, connected with eggs and meat. And there's a nice study that was done in Lancet in 1994 which showed that there, it's more connected to hydrogenated oils, refined sugars, and the overconsumption of vegetable oils. Uh, if you look back in the early 1900s, Americans ate over 20% more saturated fat and cardiovascular disease and most other of our common chronic illnesses today were were rare at that point in time. So, you know, looking at those components of a diet as you did in healthy nutrition, you know, walk us through, for example, some of the basics because all of us are a little bit confused at this point, Sharon Wink, when it comes back to that advice that many of us heard for so many years, it's all about three square meals a day. What are those three square meals a day today? Well, and that's why I wrote the book. And three square meals are going to be a little bit different for everyone. Um, As I explained in my book, we're all different size. We all have different activity levels, and we all have different, you know, rates of metabolism or rates of burning calories. Uh, I like to start out with just the basic is, you know, the way our ancestors did you know, our grandmothers, they they recommended that we eat protein and fat at each meal and either fruits or vegetables. And they added, you know, some grains and starches to that. Um, unlike today in our society, if you walk a person through their basic meals three times a day, um, they often start with breakfast, uh, which is a bagel or cereal or donuts. They, in other words, they start out and usually end up with sometimes a majority of their calories being in what our grandparents call starches. Mm-hmm. Today we call them sugars or carbohydrates. 
So if you look at that that American plate, which is a lot of starches, as you, as you well put, uh, Sharon, and um, you know, usually a pretty good serving in terms of animal protein uh, with a little bit of, of vegetables, wh- what is the ideal when you take a look at all the science behind that the power of our plate, healthy nutrition, does make a difference, Sharon? Uh, basically, I uh, one serving of protein is usually three to four ounces. So uh, a basic meal should be one serving of protein, and two servings of vegetables or fruits, depending on which meal you're eating in your combination, and then enough complex carbs uh, from whole grains to give that person enough energy to get through the day. And as I mentioned, that's different for each of us. Uh, which is part of the reason why there's so much obesity in our country today is we used to be an agriculture society. Right. And if you've ever gotten outside and worked in your garden all day, you know how many cat you burn an incredible amount of calories. So that person needs to eat more carbohydrates than the average person who's sitting at their computer all day. I know when I sit at my computer all day, I eat virtually... <laughs> No carbohydrate that day, other than what little bit I get from fruits and vegetables. You know, I may do one or, or two servings of of brown rice or, or bread. So to, to get started, as you talk about, Sharon, in your book, Healthy Nutrition, you've got some quick tips, because everybody likes some sound bites these days. Of course, everybody likes it quick. Uh, give us a review of some of the, the top quick tips. Uh, tips to get started from your book, Healthy Nutrition. Right, and my reason for that was exactly that. People are so confused by everything they hear, eggs are healthy, eggs are not healthy, (laughs) and, you know, they kind of go around and they get really confused and then they really don't want to even try. So I, I try to bring people into it gently, and if you start making changes in your lifestyle slowly, then you don't. You know, you don't feel as much resistance, and especially if you have children. You know, children are very resistant to changing their diets. So, you know, my first, the first thing I would recommend is snacks. Instead of eating sugary donuts and cookies and sodas for snacks, uh, the perfect snack is a small handful of nuts with a piece of fruit or a little bit of dried fruit. And the the fat in the nuts helps to slow down the absorption of the sugar so that you're not hungry an hour or two later and wanting and wanting more sugary snacks. So for fun, and we're standing in, in the bulk aisle, which is a great place to get started in, in our local health food store. Right. You know, what, what are some of the labels that we look for in terms of making wise choices to have those nuts and perhaps that dried fruit on hand, Sharon? Well, I always... I always say eat as close to nature as possible. Even in the bulk aisle, you're going to find things that are high in sugars and have lots of added sugars. So I suggest going straight to uh, the plain nuts. Um, Almonds, walnuts. Walnuts are a great source of calcium and and magnesium and other minerals. And also the dried fruits, some low-sugar dried fruits or mangoes. And apricots are very high in and vitamins and minerals also. So just really the plain nuts and the plain fruits and combine those together. 
And the great thing I like about walnuts is the, uh, you know, the evidence that just two tablespoons of walnuts will give us 2,000 milligrams of EPA. We, we forget about, uh, um, and I think many of us have an underappreciation that, that nuts can equal some good fat, Sharon. Exactly. I, I promote eating a little handful of nuts every day and walnuts have really become the nut that more people identify with because of the studies on uh, raising your good cholesterol and, and also the EPA. Well, there's much more. We invite people to come back with pen and paper in hand. We'll, we'll ask Sharon where to find this basic handbook of healthy nutrition, your easy-to-follow guide for a healthy diet, natural foods expert uh, and author Sharon Combs joining us today. The telephone number, if you care to join us, uh, is 1-800-307-3002, 1-800-307-3002. Sharon Combs joining us today to answer your question about what is a healthy diet right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Consolidate your health care information and get everything you need from one source. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Delighted and honored to have a very special guest to join us uh, from her many years in the natural foods industry. Her professional goal, and I suspect it's a part of her personal persona as well, educating and guiding others towards a healthier diet and lifestyle. She joins us today to talk about a newly published book, a book that should be on the bookshelf of everybody who wants to make wiser choices as a better educated healthcare consumer. The book is entitled Healthy Nutrition. It's all about an easy-to-follow guide for a healthier diet. And the author, Sharon Combs, joins us today. Sharon, hello and welcome. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Fine. Nice to have you join us. Great to be here. And for people who uh, haven't read Healthy Nutrition yet, uh, Sharon, um, tell us a bit about your background because um, you know this was not only what you did professionally, but I also understand that it arose out of some personal health care challenges that you had as well. Right, right. I like for people to understand that. When people look at me now, they kind of they say, well, you know, you've never been overweight, you've never had to fight obesity, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I like to start out by saying when I was 11 years old, I was four foot nine and I weighed 135 pounds. Um, and that carried into, in my mid-20s, I became ill. I had candida, hypoglycemia. And my cholesterol was over 300. Now, so, when you look back, was it a matter that, I mean, you just didn't, you know, didn't have a clear understanding of, of what it meant to eat healthy or you weren't eating healthy for your body or, or all of the above, Sharon? Well, I was, I was raised on the southern diet of uh, fried foods seven days a week and we, you know, we ate, we ate healthy foods. We ate lots of fruits and vegetables. Uh, it was more, uh, too much food, uh, which is very, you know, very common in our society today. Uh, probably not so much in the 60s and 70s. Because there is much discussion these days, and you talk about it in healthy nutrition, um, you know, just kind of the basics of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Because if we take a look around at what has happened in the American diet in the last five decades, Sharon, tell us more because there has been some significant changes. Well, it, it's really sad. Uh, clogged arteries and high cholesterol tend to be uh, connected with eggs and meat. 
And there's a nice study that was done in Lancet in 1994 which showed that there, it's more connected to hydrogenated oils, refined sugars, and the overconsumption of vegetable oils. Uh, if you look back in the early 1900s, Americans ate over 20% more saturated fat, and cardiovascular disease and most other of our common chronic illnesses today were, were rare at that point in time. So, you know, looking at those components of a diet as you did in a healthy nutrition, you know, walk us through, uh, for example, some of the basics because all of us are a little bit confused at this point, Sharon Wink, when it comes back to that advice that many of us heard for so many years, it's all about three square meals a day. What are those three square meals a day today? Well, and that's why I wrote the book. And three square meals are going to be a little bit different for everyone. Um, as I explained in my book, we're all different size, we all have different activity levels, and we all have different you know, rates of metabolism or rates of burning calories. Uh, I like to start out with just the basic is, you know, the way our ancestors did. You know, our grandmothers, they, they recommended that we eat protein and fat at each meal and either fruits or vegetables. And they added, you know, some grains and starches to that. Um, unlike today in our society, if you walk a person through their basic meals three times a day, um, they often start with breakfast, uh, which is a bagel or cereal or donuts. They, in other words, they start out and usually end up with sometimes a majority of their calories being in what our grandparents call starches. Mm-hmm. Today we call them sugars or carbohydrates. So if you look at that that American plate, which is a lot of starches, as you, as you well put, uh, Sharon, and um, you know, usually a pretty good serving in terms of animal protein uh, with a little bit of, of vegetables, wh- what is the ideal when you take a look at all the science behind that the power of our plate, healthy nutrition, does make a difference, Sharon? Uh, basically, I uh, one serving of protein is usually three to four ounces. So a basic meal should be one serving of protein, two servings of vegetables or fruits, depending on which meal you're eating in your combination, and then enough complex carbs from whole grains to give that person enough energy to get through the day. And as I mentioned, that's different for each of us, which is part of the reason why there's so much obesity in our country today is we used to be an agriculture society. Right. And if you've ever gotten outside and worked in your garden all day, you know how many cat you burn an incredible amount of calories. So that person needs to eat more carbohydrates than the average person who's sitting at their computer all day. I know when I sit at my computer all day, I eat <laughs> virtually no carbohydrate that day other than what little bit I get from fruits and vegetables. You know, I may do one or, or two servings of of brown rice or, or bread. So to, to get scar- started, as you talk about, Sharon, in your book, Healthy Nutrition, you've got some quick tips because everybody likes those sound bites these days. Of course, everybody likes it quick. Uh, give us a review of some of the, the top quick st- uh, tips to get started from your book, Healthy Nutrition. Right, and my reason for that was exactly that. People are so confused by everything they hear 
eggs are healthy, eggs are not healthy, (laughs) and, you know, they kind of go around and they get really confused and then they really don't want to even try. So I, I try to bring people into it gently, and if you start making changes in your lifestyle slowly, then you don't, you know, you don't feel as much resistance, and especially if you have children. You know, children are very resistant to changing their diets. So, you know, my first, the first thing I would recommend is snacks. Instead of eating sugary donuts and cookies and sodas for snacks, uh, the perfect snack is a small handful of nuts with a piece of fruit or a little bit of dried fruit. And the the fat in the nuts helps to slow down the absorption of the sugar so that you're not hungry an hour or two later and wanting and wanting more sugary snacks. So for fun, we're standing in, in the bulk aisle, which is a great place to get started in, in our local health food store. Right. You know, what, what are some of the labels that we look for in terms of making wise choices to have those nuts and perhaps that dried fruit on hand, Sharon? Well, I always... I always say eat as close to nature as possible. Even in the bulk aisle, you're going to find things that are high in sugars and have lots of added sugars. So I suggest going straight to uh, the plain nuts. Um, Almonds, walnuts. Walnuts are a great source of calcium and and magnesium and other minerals. And also the dried fruits, some low-sugar dried fruits or mangoes. And apricots are very high in and vitamins and minerals also. So just really the plain nuts and the plain fruits and combine those together. And the great thing I like about walnuts is the uh, you know the evidence that just two tablespoons of walnuts will give us 2,000 milligrams of EPA. We, we forget about, uh, um, and I think many of us have an underappreciation, that, that nuts can equal some good fat, Sharon. Exactly. I I promote eating a little handful of nuts every day, and walnuts have really become the nut that more people identify with because of the studies on uh, raising your good cholesterol and and also the the EPA. Well, there's much more. We invite people to come back with pen and paper in hand. We'll, We'll ask Sharon where to find this basic handbook of healthy nutrition, your easy-to-follow guide for a healthy diet, natural foods expert uh, and author Sharon Combs joining us today. The telephone number, if you care to join us, uh, is 1-800-307-3002, 1-800-307-3002. Sharon Combs joining us today to answer your question about what is a healthy diet right here on Healthy Talk Radio. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life. Natural foods expert Sharon Combs joins us today. She's the author of a a great new book, a basic handbook, Healthy Nutrition is the name of the book, your easy-to-follow guide for a healthy diet. For people who would like to have healthy nutrition uh, on their bookshelf, uh, Sharon, perhaps uh, share it with people in their community, how do they find out more? Uh, The best way right now is to... Contact me directly to receive the book. If they want to mail a check to my address, then I can ship the book out to them. 
I will have a website up, but it'll be about another month. So what do they do in the meantime, Sharon? Uh, post office box, mm-hmm. 1074, Brevard, North Carolina. Spell Brevard for us, please. Uh, B as in boy, R, E, V as in Victor, A, R, D as in dog. And that's North Carolina. And the zip, please? 28712. Excellent. We'll get that And if they make sure and include their address and phone, that Uh way I can make sure I get the book out to them and, and be able to contact them. And the amount of the check, please, Sharon. Uh, the book sells for ten ninety five, and if they're a North Carolina resident, they'll need to write the check for eleven sixty six because I need to charge the sales tax. Okay, and just make it out to uh, to Sharon Combs. Just Sharon Combs. Okay, very good. Now, one of the uh, the important facts uh, that people will read in Healthy Nutrition, Sharon, is. When they shop, whether it's a health food store, whether it's a grocery store, of course, the, the newer stores where the grocery stores are trying to become <laughs> more health food stores, is reading those labels. And I continue to be amazed, um, just you know, back from the Natural Products East Expo, uh, they, there's such a, a variety, such an array out there that makes it, on the one hand, a little more exciting, on the other hand, a little more challenging for a consumer. So walk us through some of the ABCs of, of reading labels, of understanding, you know, when it says natural on a label, what does that mean, if anything, Sharon? Well, natural is one of those words that's become uh, what I call uh, politically correct marketing. In, in other words, it, it's oftentimes just a marketing tool for the company because natural has become uh, in vogue or whatever you'd like to, whatever term you might like to use. So the best the best way to look at labels and to look for healthy is to look for words such as certified organic, uh, expeller pressed for oils. Um, oils are processed. Most of the commercial oils are processed by using heat and solvents, which uh, damages the oils and also you know helps them contribute to heart disease. So your your oils need to be uh, what they call cold pressed. Now the oil choices themselves are overwhelming these days from the, you know, the canolas to the macadamia to the sunflower to the safflower. Um, any tips that you have in terms of making a wise choice? So say, for example, your family, uh, you can get them to eat more vegetables, but you gotta do a little stir fry. Where do right. you start, Sharon? Right. Uh, with oil, the basic premise is to never expose a vegetable oil to high heat. Okay. Uh, meaning the the oils for stir fry or frying would be nut and seed oil. All right. Uh, macadamia nut oil is excellent. Now, of course, macadamia nut oil is very very expensive. So for those who don't want to purchase macadamia nut oil, uh, stir fry uh, peanut oil and sesame oil are, are excellent. And co- coconut oil is is an excellent oil. Uh, some people have to get used to the flavor it adds to the food. Now you spoke earlier about you know the, 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 about eggs, and you also deal in your book with in healthy nutrition with the bias against eggs, and, and uh, I've often marveled of you know how we've made you know so politically correct and demonized something as simple as an egg, Sharon. Tell us more. 
Well, eggs are very simple, and they're they're excellent nutrition. Uh, there's studies done that show that eggs don't raise your cholesterol. Uh, there's there was an egg study in JAMA, 1999, and they used 100,000 people in the study, and they found no correlation between egg consumption and heart disease and stroke. Uh, eggs are the perfect, as you mentioned, the perfect little package. They contain an element called lecithin, which actually emulsifies fat and helps our liver and gallbladder stay clean. And there's actually a diet out there called the Fat Flush Plan by Ann Louise Gittleman. And she recommend, recommends eating eggs daily for their liver cleansing effect. And now that we can find, you know, some of those other choices of eggs in terms of, uh, you know, cage-free birds or, uh, you know, the birds that have been fed healthier foods, are, are there even better choices when it comes to choosing our eggs wisely, Sharon? Right. With eggs and meat, I, I often promote eating eggs and meat in my book. We need to differentiate between the mass market, pen-raised, confined eggs, chickens, and beef versus those that are allowed to run free and graze. Uh, the studies on the free-range animals show that the meat, milk, and eggs from these animals contains 10 times the omega-3 fatty acid of the confined animals, which, which that shows us that it really matters which one we eat. In promoting eggs and meat, I definitely wouldn't promote the commercial confined because you're getting the not only too much fat in those types of animals, but you're getting much more fat in your diet. Well, as you well know, uh, Sharon, we have gone through many permutations in terms of you know moving to to wider meats like poultry or to to turkey. Um, you know, our, our obsession right now, and are we making wise choices when it comes to to fish? So, so walk us through you know some of these choices in terms of making wise choices from the the animal protein kingdom, please. Uh, fish is a great choice. Uh, I would be careful and choose uh, smaller fish the mackerels and the sardines and even salmon. Uh, Many of the larger fish contain high levels of mercury, which is why we want to be careful and choose smaller fish. And also another way to get fish oil, um, a great way for fish is to buy a fish oil supplement. Uh, A high-quality fish oil supplement is tested to make sure that it's free of the pesticides and the mercury and the PVCs. Now, for people listening to you who have family, I mean, how do they affect that in terms of uh, making that, uh, uh, you know, palatable for the young as well, Sharon? Uh, well, fruits, I, I try to switch people in the dessert category more off of, you know, the high sugar snacks onto fruits, which fruits and berries are, they're very sweet and they, Actually, fructose is many times sweeter than refined sugars, so oftentimes serving a fruit will actually satisfy the, the sweet tooth better. Excellent, excellent. Now, we were talking about, you know, the, the, the predominance of, of lots of carbs in the average American's diet, and, and there's some great facts in your book, Healthy Nutrition, um, because many of us think that if we're going to get fiber, we're going to get it from grains, even whole grains, 
And if you take a look at fiber in whole grains versus fiber in fruits and vegetables, give us some of the eye-opening facts that they'll find in your book, Sharon. Um, that, that's correct. Uh, most people do believe that whole grains are their are their main choice for fiber, but actually fruits have twice as much fiber as whole grains, and non-starchy vegetables, which is most vegetables other than white potatoes, um, these non-starchy vegetables have almost eight times as much fiber as grains. So knowing that we evolved on 100 grams of fiber a day, we uh, now have the dubious distinction of getting anywhere from 10 to 12 grams of fiber a day. Uh, wh- what are some of the the, uh, the ways in terms of uh, you know addressing our weight, our blood sugar, our blood fats uh, to make sure that uh, we get more fiber in our diet, Sharon? Well, I follow the recommendation of five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Okay. And that gives you most of your carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables as opposed to grains. And that really gives you a high level of um, high quantity fiber. Now, can uh, be- beans and legumes be part of this adjunctive approach? They can. Beans and legumes are, m- many people think of them as proteins, and they do contain protein, but they're actually classified as vegetables. And beans are a great source of fiber. These studies show that beans actually help diabetics to maintain a better blood sugar balance. Now, knowing that there's all too many consumers out there these days, and I just am amazed even women in my age range who don't cook <laughs> or who are mystified by cooking things like beans and legumes, what are some of the options uh, with all of your expertise in the natural foods industry to, to weave these into our diet? Well, they aren't as difficult to cook as many people think. If you soak them overnight, which is beans, need to be soaked. Beans should be soaked anyway in order to make them more digestible and to make their minerals uh, ready for humans to absorb. And if you soak them overnight, you can put them in a crock pot with some spices, rosemary and sea salt and a little bit of olive oil. I, I find using olive oil in greens or beans actually, it helps replace that you know, that meaty, fatty. Uh, when I was growing up, my mom always used uh, fat back bacon. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. And I find that olive oil actually is, is a really nice uh, substitute for that flavor-wise. Olive oil, a little bit of garlic, and some sea salt. Well, I always uh, try and have a couple cans of organic beans from the health food store uh, on on hand. Um, what about canned beans as a, uh, as a as a source from time to time to uh, to fill in, Sharon? I do use canned beans. As you mentioned, I would definitely buy them from the health food store. I found that many of the canned beans in the in the mainstream grocery, the mainstream brands, they have MSG added to them. I found that out personally by having a reaction to it. Wow! When wow. I was eating at some friend's home. So other aspects of you know, reading those labels, in your book, Healthy Nutrition, you talk about um, the sugars and the sweeteners, uh, which uh, in, in many products, particularly the, the, the cereal aisle, seem to be a litany uh, of 
sources of sugar. Um, and now that um, well, we were talking just a couple of weeks ago about the UC Berkeley study where they actually had the ability in a laboratory to determine the carbons from a single strand of hair, Sharon, and the source of those carbons. And the average American has 70% of the carbons in their hair from corn. We have to talk about high fructose corn syrup. Tell us more. Right. High fructose corn syrup is it's basically a byproduct of corn. It's a sweetener that has pretty much replaced uh, cane sugar in sodas and all really all types of our food supply. If you look at the, the, the predominant sweetener in our society today um, in the mass market, it is high fructose corn syrup. And high fructose corn syrup actually has been linked to increasing weight gain in humans faster than any other sugar. And I've found personally and also in consulting with, you know, hundreds of customers that it also creates blood sugar instability uh, worse than cane sugar. So the options that we find, uh, you know, even in mainstream so- uh, stores these days, uh, of uh, organic sugars, it, are we really doing our body better with, by trying to make some of these choices, Sharon? Well, that's one of the subjects that I say tread carefully when the organic sugars and the sugars really start infiltrating the natural foods industry. Um, I went on quite a campaign about that. Uh, you know, if you're choosing sugar, I would say definitely if you're baking, choose organic sugar over non-organic sugar because it isn't going to contain, you know, all of the pesticides and herbicides and chemicals. However, refined organic sugar, as far as your blood sugar metabolism and affecting your insulin levels, is not any better than, you know, the non-organic sugar. So sugar is sugar in the end. Right, right. I mean, there's other, there's great alternatives out there. Stevia now is made, in a, and years ago, Stevia was this cream powder, which uh, tasted really horrible. <laughs> and now, now they've made Stevia in different forms and even different flavors where it's very palatable. And as far as baking, there's like xylitol and agave nectar are a couple of alternative sure, natural sweeteners. Hold that thought. We don't want to miss a minute. Author Sharon Combs joins us today, a natural foods expert. Her book, Healthy Nutrition. We invite you to join us on Healthy Talk Radio. No security check needed. Just come right in. It's time for more Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Natural foods expert and author Sharon Combs, C-O-M-B-S, joining us today. Her book, Healthy Nutrition. A basic handbook, an easy-to-follow guide for a healthy diet. As she mentioned earlier, uh, you can get it by uh, sending a check uh, to her uh, uh, mailing address, which is P.O. Box 1074 in Brevard, North Carolina, 28712. And if you'll uh, go over uh, uh, what the process is in terms of North Carolina and non-North Carolina residents to, to mail you a check and get a copy of the book, Sharon. Right. Uh, North Carolina residents uh, need to charge sales tax, so they would need to write a check for 1166. And anyone outside of North Carolina, the price is 1095. Now, 
you you have a, a, a fairly large section in your book about um, something that has certainly become an amazing market segment these days, water. Guide us through when it comes to healthy nutrition in terms of making wise water choices, Sharon. Uh, our, our water supply currently is polluted with many, many chemicals, uh, such as hormone replacement therapy, pesticides, hormones, antibiotics. Um, this brings us to what I feel is one of two choices. If you if you have your own well, I would have my well tested annually. Uh, you can go to usually your local agriculture extension. Uh, we'll do this for you, and, and often the tests are free. Uh, if you're on city waters, most of us are. I really believe in investing in a filtration system. And uh, I I personally use the Aquasana system. It's um, Aquasana.com. Yeah, actually, I do as well, Sharon. But you know, for many people who buy, um, for example, bottled tea drinks or juices, do we need to be aware of that water choice as well? Well, you know, there's a lot of controversy about that. Some bottled waters and, and bottled liquid products come from filtered water, and others are basically just municipal water that's been treated. So uh, the, the answer to that question is yes, there are times when when the liquid bottled drinks we purchase uh, don't contain good quality water. So you've uh, really made it approachable for each and every one of us uh, who is probably overwhelmed by the amount of information out there, what I call the whiplash information, because one day it's good for us and the next day it's bad, Sharon. Great job. We appreciate- I, call it, I call it misinformation overload. There we go. There we go. Well said and good book. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Author Sharon Combs joining us today. She's written a basic handbook entitled Healthy Nutrition. It's a great guide, an easy-to-follow guide for a healthy diet. Of course, all of us know how important that is to each and every one of us. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long and to stay healthy.